Films in Good Company, the podcast that does for movies what Van Damme's legs do for bills. Split. <laughs> do for what, sorry? Bills. Oh. I should have, I, what I should have said was uh, like a restaurant bill or something like that because oh. you know, if you go in Dutch you should split, right. but it completely fell flat, but hey, what can you do? <laughs> uh, and uh, this is the, well, it's second and final episode of June Claude Van Damme, uh, as we said in the last one, due to scheduling and stuff like that, we've, we've not been able to get together to. Yeah, it's been a, it's been unfortunate because I was looking forward to a, a month-long celebration of the muscles from Brussels. Yeah, but it just hasn't worked out that way. But we're still in our own private way celebrating them. We thought rather than we did a film last week, we did Double Impact, which you would have heard, and well, hopefully you would have heard. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're a new listener, welcome, you, welcome. Yes. But so we thought rather than just forgetting the whole concept, we thought we'd hit one more, and we'll just talk about sort of Jean Claude Van Damme in general. Yeah. Uh, sort of sort of relationship with him, well, with you, not him personally, his films. And I want to talk to people out there. There may be some people out there, I'm sure there are, who are complete JCVD virgins mm-hmm. and have no idea where to even start because he, he's done a fair few films. If you look at his IMDb catalogue, he's got at least sort of 40-odd credits, hasn't he, and maybe even more. Well, he's, he's got a career that goes back to the early 80s, so he's he's been in films for over 30 years. So, yeah, so you know, and he, as we have found out by trying to do these podcasts, life is tough and the scheduling and trying to fit everything in. So if you need to fit some Van Damme into your life, where do you even start? Well, you've come to the right place. <laughs> We're about to go through and talk through some of these more finer points. Well, yeah. in our opinion, these more finer points... I've just checked on IMDb and his actor credits are... There are 70 films. 70. 70. 70. One of those does include his cameo as a gay karate man in or something like that in like in the very early 80s, which is... We're not it's, making that up. If you it's check a film, IMDb. It's a film called Monaco Forever, made in 1984, and it, it, it literally says here, gay karate man. <laughs> and, and, and of course, you know, his breakout role... In breakdance. <laughs> <laughs> he can be seen in, in the background. I think they're on, on Venice Beach or something like that. And uh, there's, there's some people doing some, some breaking and stuff in the streets. He's just wearing like a, a, a very low-cut, one-piece leotard thing. <laughs> he's looking very happy, though. Yeah. He looks very happy to be... Whether he's really enjoying the breakdancing or just happy to be on a film set, I mean, who knows? I think that he probably wasn't even meant to be on that set. I think... He sort of hassled them all at Canon, didn't he, originally? At Golden Globe, that's what he did. He, he wanted to be in the movies. Yeah. He was sort of driven. So he, he knew that if you're a martial artist and you want to get into films, the trashy way, you go to Canon. Because <laughs> <that was, laughs> you know, they were all over that sort of stuff, weren't they? They were, yes. Um, so I think he probably just snuck onto set that day. They just thought, hey, that guy looks cool in the background. We'll leave him in shot. Well, that's, <laughs> that's, my, that's what I like to think, personally. But I, I thought... I put this to Ben and he agreed. What would be a really cool idea is, you know, everyone's got different time schedules, so why not say, I'm going to give you an idea. If you want to get together with your guy or gal pals, whatever you're going to do, and go for a Jean-Claude Van Damme night, 
what films, you know, should you watch for a Jean-Claude Van Damme night? And I thought, well, what if you were super committed and you wanted to go for a Jean-Claude Van Damme weekender, which if anyone's out there does that, you know, you get your applause from me. What, you know, what would you need for a Jean-Claude Van Damme weekend? And right. then I went even further and thought, what if you went for the full splits collection? <laughs> <laughs> and you went for what I would consider probably sort of ten or more of the Van Damme's greatest films. So I've personally put a little thing... To, I haven't discussed this with Ben yet. That's, uh, he's, he's told me the idea and uh, I've been... I'm happy to let him run with this and uh, another reason is I've, I'm going to be honest I've been struggling a little bit with with June Claude Van Damme I like Van Damme and I enjoy his films but watching quite a lot of them in, in a small space of time they're all very very similar uh, and if you compare it to when we did McConaughey with, with Matthew McConaughey you're going to get uh, difference in performances and you're going to get different genres so uh, in that month we had uh, we had like a character drama we had a romantic comedy and we had a sort of fantasy action film and he acted differently in all of them. With Van Damme, you get Van Damme. Yeah. Well, which, which is a good thing if that's what you're looking for, but... Uh, you do, but what are, you know... I'm going I'm to give... Even give, maybe give Ben some ideas then yes, with yeah, some totally, of this yeah. what to do. Get, get me out of my funk. And these are only suggestions I have, you know... Please feel free to chop and change whatever you desire. Mm-hmm. But I thought for a Van Damme night, we're, we're going to say that you're going to start early, you're going to get some pizzas, the fast food of your choice, a few beers, chill out with some of your best friends. And we're going to say you've budgeted to watch three films because majority of Van Damme films are sort of 85, 90 minutes max anyway. Yeah. So part of, obviously, we did Double Impact last week, which is kind of his Citizen Kane, which was nearly two hours. <laughs> but uh, on on a whole, they're usually sort of running 85, 90 minutes. So you could get three films in an evening. It's not... If you started out early and you and you went for a late night, you could... That's, a, that's doable, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And my thoughts of this, for these three films are... This is a way to see the progression of Van Damme over one night with three films, which I think they're almost identical in plot. Not quite, but they've <laughs> almost got the same sort of structure. structure. Yeah. And, and they all come, one of them comes at the very start, one comes in the sort of middle and one comes towards the end of, his, of the golden age of Van Damme, which mm-hmm. we'll get into later. Um, so you would kick the night off with Bloodsport because... Bloodsport is Van Damme. That's probably what he's... Bloodsport and Kickboxer are like the films that he's most known for, aren't they? And uh, it's... Uh, every sort of budding martial artist in the 80s and 90s saw Bloodsport and everyone remembers all the kind of the splits and the whole... The tournament style of it, obviously, was based on... So-called based on the factual events of Frank Dukes, the uh, full-contact fighter. Yeah. So I thought, you start with Bloodsport... And then you go to AWOL or Leon or Lionheart, or it's called in various things, which was a few years later. But it, it runs along the same sort of structure because he becomes a street fighter. It's more of a revenge film, but mm-hmm. he ends up fighting a variety of people in a tournament and he builds himself up and up and up till he fights the best fighter, which is similar to what Bloodsport does. Mm-hmm. And then to finish the night off, we go with The Quest. 
<laughs> which was which again is exactly the same thing it's it's a tournament film he gets involved in this and he fights his way through a variety of nations which is very 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 racial stereotypical of every nation which is to a comical level and also you have Roger Moore as well which is a great way to finish the night watching well, the Roger Moore film who doesn't like watching Roger Moore in films no I, I thought you know it's a it's actually Van Damme wrote and directed The Quest so he, this that actually is his Citizen Kane <laughs> literally <laughs> literally his Citizen Kane um, he wrote the story with Frank Dukes who, who was actually the person who was the, the subject of Bloodsport yeah so that's, that's why the similarities are there. It's a secret underground fighting tournament. Um, and so I think that will be a really good night because you get to see sort of, you know, mid-80s Van Damme, like, you know, all the way through to sort of mid-90s Van Damme. And so he progresses. That's like three key films during his age. So I think that will be a good night. And, you know, you can sort of assess how, they, you know, they're all sort of similar. But if you're into that tournament-style film, then you will get along with all of these and I personally would recommend that for a good JCVD night. That's that's a very interesting selection of films. <laughs> yeah, because obviously B- B- Bloodsports. I'm I'm happy with Bloodsport. It's got Forrest Whitaker in, who is one of my favourite actors. Academy Award winning. Academy Award winning. Forrest Whitaker, who's who's usually brilliant. I'm in... hoping somewhere, you know, like like on back of film like blurbs that they have like the Nat like Forrest Whitaker rather than have like the King of Scotland <laughs> Bloodsport. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bloodsport is. Uh, that, I think that is the one that introduced most people to yeah to Van Damme, I, and I remember seeing this at the cinema at the time it's 1988 I was 14 this film was 18 rated so it's a little trick that we used to do at the Canon ABC in in Warsaw because there were three screens there was the big main screen where you had to go up the stairs uh, and then there were two and three were down down a little corridor and the doors were next door to each other and if there was a PG in either three or two (laughs) buy a ticket for the for the PG film and then walk in the wrong door Oh, accidents happen, don't they? Accidents happen. Usually, sometimes you would have to wait for the trailers to be over, for the trailers to finish, and sneak around when none of the ushers were about. Because this was back in the days when you had people checking your tickets. Or you could crawl underneath the cigarette smoke, <laughs> the sea of cigarette smoke that was everywhere to get to your seat. Because no one could see you in the dark in a smoky room. It was, uh, yes, people, that in those days, there was smoking in the cinemas. Well, on the back seats, obviously, you know, it's fine, isn't it? Yeah, just let people smoke at the back, because it all just drifts forward anyway. I have to say that there, there was some, there's something... And you do get to see it a lot in old films or whenever you have scenes in a cinema when you've got the smoke rising through and it, and it the picks out, yeah picks out the beam of beams of light as it goes into the screen. There's something kind of romantic about that, I think. It's, I mean, it's kind in of a romantic yeah. for, for cinema kind of way. Not romantic for your lungs. No, no, oh God, no. <laughs> well, yeah, obviously that's what they do on stage. Is only with dry ice and lighting. It's a very kind of dramatic effect, yeah. isn't it? So I suppose that's a but. Yeah, so the um, and I, I I'm assuming that you have seen Bloodsport a few I, times. I've I've seen Bloodsport more than once. Yeah, and it's got Paolo Young in as well. You know, so at the time I remember being into it as well, into martial arts. And you you think, you know, it's got Paolo Young in. He was in Enter the Dragon, which is kind of like the 
one of the standards of a martial arts film, it's, isn't it? It's it's uh, it's the martial arts equivalent of the jazz singer. There's pre Enter the Dragon and post Enter the Dragon in terms of oh, we, you know, we, we are belittling, I suppose, and we, we're talking in a Western way because you know there was a lot, Bruce Lee, lots of I films. Mean, look at look at the it, arguably Enter the Dragon is Bruce Lee's worst film, not counting the, the horribly butchered version of Game of Death mm. that was released. If you look at like Fist of Fury and um, Where the Warrior, Where the Dragon, Where the Big Dragon, Boss, yeah. the Big Boss. Why did I think Where the Warrior? I don't know. Um, but you, those, those three films are arguably much, much better. Than They're not Enter as the watchable Dragon. as Enter the Dragon, are they? I find well, that they don't have that Lalo Schifrin score no. that just gets or you. Jim right. Or Jim Kelly, or <laughs> John Saxon, John Saxon, who to this day is still billed as John Enter the Dragon. Yeah. Saxon, he's known. John Saxon's known for two films: Enter the Dragon and A Nightmare on Elm Street. <laughs> yeah. That is it. And he made his living off that, going around con- conferences and stuff, hasn't he? So <laughs> who can blame the guy? Man, you straight out of a comic book. <laughs> Sorry, it's just one that. John Saxon is an actor with uh, on on IMDb has one hundred and ninety eight acting credits. Yet he's only ever been in two films. <laughs> <laughs> he uh, the guy just doesn't say no, does he? Apparently not. He seems to say yes to anything as long as they give him money, which is fine. That's uh, that's the job. I think we you know we you know, we can be snarky about a lot, of, a lot of actors don't make a lot of money in big films and can think oh I can just do one film every two years and like, you know, a lot of actors have to work because that's just life and that they have to go through it's not as glamorous yeah. as living in sort of Beverly Hills like with a massive mansion the pool for everybody some of them are just have to grind it out don't they yeah. <laughs> so, John Saxon's always always enjoyable to see on screen though yeah. yeah Bloodsport is the the classic really if you if you've never seen a Van Damme film you'll get everything in that film you'll get Van Damme crying you'll get a montage scene you'll get the splits you'll get his bum cheeks you'll just get everything in the the, the dancing bit that's kickboxer. That's kickboxer, isn't it? yes. That's the kickboxer is worth watching. You can probably find the clip on YouTube because the, the film is almost identical to Bloodsport, really. If you think, yeah. when it comes down, I'm to sure it. if you go if you like Google or like put on YouTube, John Claude Van Damme dancing, you someone will have probably put a very good compilation together yes. of various things. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I, I. There's a part of me that thinks, is that how he actually dances, or? Is that done for for comic effect within the film? <laughs> that's how he dances. I, 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 I would so say well. he's like that. Um, so yeah. So AWOL, would you have you seen AWOL or is it something that you've? I probably haven't seen AWOL for probably since the early nineties. The only thing I remember about AWOL is that he fights somebody in. Uh, if I've got the right film, there's like a drained swimming pool and he has a fight with yeah. someone in it. Is that the right one? That's the one. Yeah, yeah. it's a terrible film. It's watchable. <laughs> I mean, it's it's great. It's one of those. It's kind of perfect BFGC fodder because it's terrible, but it's also great at the same it's, time. So his brother gets burnt alive and some dodgy drug dealer. <laughs> I'm laughing at that. And it, it's a similar thing to Bloodsport because. Uh, in Bloodsport, he's in the army and he has to go AWOL to go to this competition and fight. In the AWOL, he has to go AWOL, obviously, mm-hmm. um, to go and avenge his brother's death. Or actually, he's not actually avenging his brother's death. What he's doing is he's doing these fights to provide for his brother's wife and child who've, who've been left, obviously, because his brother's... So it starts off in a you know, fighting underground and he gets into these sort of... Various. This is kind of pre 
UFC, so you know, people mixed martial arts and stuff wasn't a big thing. So if you wanted to go and see two different guys in different styles fighting, you had to go to an underground car park and watch them in a circle of Mercedes <laughs> with the headlights on. That was just that was what this film film was, and it's got some actually good sort of choreographed. Uh, in these early ones, the fight scenes are usually quite good. Then the the movie is terrible because he's he's acting is really bad. You can tell he's he's still kind of working on his English and working on his kind of accent. So he's, it's most of the lines sound like he's just reading them straight from the script and doesn't actually know what he's saying or understand. At least they didn't dub him like uh, like Arnold Schwarzenegger in the Hercules film he did in the 70s. Yeah. That's that's, that's worth worth checking out just to see how... Because we know what Arnie sounds like now. Mm. But when you watch this old film and they've dubbed him with this kind of, uh, hi, I'm Hercules, mm. this is my... When you see that hear that kind of voice coming out of Arnie's on his gob it really just doesn't doesn't work well at all. the thing is though it's probably if it was a canon production it was probably just too much too expensive to roll with dub so oh, we'll just use it we'll just use the original <laughs> take we're not paying a studio, a studio actor to come and overdub that what we're doing um, and then the quest I think is I think the quest is about 1996 97 96 yeah yeah it's to me, that's sort of marks the end of sort of Van Damme in like his of his good period. Later on, there's a couple of okay films after that. There's but, a couple of great. Well, there's there's one great film yeah, later but, on. But, but the but it's it's mainly when he's sort of gone he's to his sort of director video mode, isn't it? But the quest. It was a pro, you know, kind of pet project of his. He wrote it with uh, Frank Dukes. He directed it. it it's great. He's you know, he it's got Van Damme playing an old man at the beginning and him reminiscing about the thing, which is brilliant. <laughs> it's got Roger Moore, which you know, Roger Moore and Jean Claude Van Damme, who would ever thought that, that would be on the set? That's... And James Remar, who is just quality in everything he's in. We've men we've talked about James Remar in quite a few films in this podcast and uh, he is just Brilliant! I, I am always happy to see James Remire in a film. Yeah. Uh, he shows up at the start of the Stallone Judge Dredd film as, as one of the bad guys, and, and I watched that. I, I may have said this on another podcast. I, I can't remember, but he shows up at the start of that film. And I was thinking, oh great! It's I didn't know who it was at that time. Yeah. It's like the mid nineties. It's like, oh, it's that guy. I recognise him. He's great. He's going to be the bad guy. This is going to be brilliant, and he doesn't last past the, the like the whole of the first scene he's kind of taken out which I was disappointed by so whenever he turns up in any film it's a pleasure to see him because yeah. for some reason he has he has that charisma that that, that makes you want to watch him I yeah mean, I think he, sh- he should have he's one of those actors that you think you know with a couple of slightly different choices he could have had a much bigger career because he's got that sort of charming, you know, attractive, handsome charisma on screen, you know, similar to people yeah. like Harrison Ford, or he's got that kind of presence, hasn't he, on screen? Yet his filmography has never really sort of hit the the big time as such, has he? He's he's, he's never been a main sort of lead character. He always sort of, he's always a supporting yeah. character. In I, I think he's more of a character actor though, more than a a, st- a movie star as such. I mean, I, I I think he could lead a film quite yeah quite easily. But I, I think I mean, he's fan- great in the Phantom and things like that, wasn't he? And yeah, obviously, I think Forty Eight Hours is probably one of the first films I know yeah. him from. And the Warriors, the Warriors, well. from, which was yeah. a few years before. Or for Walter Hill, who I, I love as a 
But sadly, you'll probably be known more as Samantha's boyfriend from Sex and the City. Probably. <laughs> but, hey, <laughs> but hey, a lot of people know, know Ron Livingston, who we know from yeah. Swingers and Office Space, yeah. as, uh, as, as a character from Sex and the City as well. So it's easy. <laughs> Take what you can get. So I won't say any more about the film. Also, actually, what I will say, it's a period piece as well, which just adds a little bit of class to it. But if you ever want to see Jean-Claude Van Damme, do martial arts, dress as a clown on stilts. This is a film to watch. That's, I will say, if that actually was Van Damme on the stilts, which I think it probably would have been, because I, I get the feeling he likes to do things yeah. himself. I've tried walking on stilts. I, I went <laughs> I went to art college and somebody had some like little, little stilts. They were probably about, I don't know, about six inches. Six You're not stilts. talking about those green platform shoes, <laughs> the 70 platform shoes that you bought a few years ago. Oh, yeah. No, they no, were no, almost no. stilts. No, no, they're, they're, they're Cuban heels. <laughs> they're Cuban. Cuban heels, baby, Cuban heels. <laughs> no, you're talking like pro- proper stilts that, that you walk on. I think they're like six inch stilts. Uh, and again, they're difficult to walk in mm. normally. So doing martial arts in them as well, that's, that takes skill. And I have to, I have to give him yeah. all the credit for that. So I, I think that would be a very good. JCVD night personally I think that would give you a nice a nice mix yeah. like say that it's thematic you know I could have gone for like mix and match and things but I, I quite like the idea of if you're a bit you know you can if you're a bit sort of like us you know a bit people might call us sad but I like to have little themed nights and this is my, my Jean-Claude Van Damme themed tournament nights that's, that's quite good because in in some respects it, it's you, you were saying about uh, how the theme of some of these films is that he has to keep fighting mm-hmm. bigger and better people as he goes along. The films do the same because Bloodsport, when you watch Bloodsport, that is a cheap film. Yeah. There is absolutely no money spent on that film no. whatsoever. Uh, Bloods, uh, hey. AWOL, you can see that they've they're, they're put a bit more into it because they know that he's a bankable star and they can, they can afford to spend that money because mm. they know they're going to get it back. Uh, and The Quest, is, he was at the height, uh, yeah. height of his... I, I mean, to, it was, it was after, this is after all time, cop, sudden death, all the, the hard target. This was when, that, you know, the fact that they, they gave him the money to kind of direct and, you know, his own projects that they... I mean, I don't know if he funded some of it himself or whatever, but the fact that he's, he's got more control of it and that the fight scenes are, you can tell, you know, they're really well choreographed. You know, he works with good... There's a lot of the similar actors that he's worked with before, and you know they've got a really good chemistry, especially in the fighting scene. So yes, that's, that that would that would constitute a good night. So I, 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 yeah, I, I I could be on board with that. Yeah. I, I I would personally, I'd maybe swap out a wolf for. Ah, oh, but you see, you're going with the. I'm going with it's it's theme. Just it's theme. The, because of the theme of it, you see. And, that's, you know, that's, and that's, you'll be, yeah. there'll be a couple of films that you, you know, especially when I get to the weekend, the one which you'll say, I, I wouldn't have picked that, but you have to uh, listen to my reasonings, my justification yeah, for why I, I put them in there. I, but, I, I completely get that, because if you have Bloodsport and Kickboxer, that's yeah. essentially the, the, the same film, except one's got dancing and the other one doesn't. Yeah. Uh, so I would. So we'll move on to the weekend. So if you think, okay, that's great, we'll have a night, that's good to be... If you want to go for a whole weekend of mm-hmm. Van Damme films, um, there might be a couple of crossovers here, but, you know, that's just what it'll have to be. So we we can we want to talk about those films again if we've talked okay. about them. So I'm thinking... On to, you can start on the Friday night. We're going to watch one film on the Friday night because you've got the whole weekend, so you're going to pace yourself. Mm-hmm. You're going to get together or you're going to think, okay, it's Friday night, you might come back from work or you're going to chill out... So I think the, one of the perfect Friday night films 
is sudden death because it's basically just die hard on ice which is you know and have you seen sudden death I, I've seen sudden death doesn't he have a fight with a mascot yeah I mean, he kicks a giant penguin a giant penguin in the face <laughs> what else <laughs> what else do you want on a Friday night um, it's it's re- it was written I think as possible I, a I think it was, was the original the original script. I know actually that's what it was. It was written as a spoof film. Originally, it was written as almost like a Nike Gun type spoof of action films, mm-hmm. and a few people pulled out the projects, and then Van Damme got on board, and they made it a, a serious film. But they left a lot of this. Obviously, the fight with the giant penguin. They left a lot of things in from the original script, which is why there's quite a lot of comedy in this. And it's kind of almost feels like a parody of that sort of film, you know. These, the you know, it's basically a diehard film. Every time you get some sort of terrorist situation, though, it's it's a diehard. It's a diehard. Well, but why wouldn't you? It's it, it's a classic of the of the genre, D- directed by Peter Hyams. Yeah, it's it's a Peter Hyams film. So he he brought us he brought us films like uh, he made did Time Cop, uh, t- two thousand and ten, which mm. is uh. I think a see. I mean, you're never going to top a, see- a film like 2001, but I think it's it's very admirable, uh, and one of your favourite films of all time, Outland. Oh, yes, Outland. Yeah, it's. It, I really like him as a director. I think he's got a. He's because he's a cinematographer. That's his main. He likes to shoot a lot of his own films as yes. well. Yes, yes, he does. And so he's yeah. got a real understanding of. Um, of how to like frame seed and that so he's really you can sort of tell when you're watching his films he's got that style doesn't matter what the budget's mm-hmm. like what the, the, the story's like and you know you've heard us talk about Time Cop anyway on the previous podcast but you know that was a for its for its time and for for you know for a Van Damme film and he, he got people to sort of take Van Damme a little bit more seriously because he you know, he, he bought the serious nature of a film on board because he's a, a well-respected filmmaker. Yeah. I really like Sudden Death as a... I mean, the fact that I bought it on Blu-ray, I suppose. But you got, <laughs> I, I like Powers Booth as a bad guy. He's just, he's just I, really I, got the... I, well, I like Powers Booth as well. He's uh, died, died last year. Yeah. But, a... uh, you know, I mean, he's he's got a very, very, very good track record... But the, going back, well, one of, again, mentioning Walter Hill again, a film called Extreme Prejudice with Nick Nolte. That's, oh, yeah. uh, that's if you can track a copy of that down, that's well worth watching. It's definitely worth a watch that film. It's it's a it's a really easy Friday night film. So I think it's uh, that's it gets my pick for Friday night. So say so you've watched Sudden Death on Friday night, and so you've got the next day, you think it. Okay, we're going to watch three films on the Saturday. You've got up, you've refreshed, you know, you've gone out for your morning run. If you're that sort of person, you've had your breakfast, or, or you've had a massive bacon sausage bath and just had the start, of, <laughs> the start of the day off. I'm going to say, first thing in the morning, we kick off with Kickboxer. I think it was, this was before, I mean, I'm getting I've got a feeling it was like a year before Bloodsport, this one. I think this year after. Was it year? Blood, I, that's Bloodsport it. I always get confused. Yeah, so. Yeah, I, I do as well. This one has got some, obviously, we've got the classic dancing, which we mentioned, which mm-hmm. is great, sort of thing. It's got a great villain in Tong Po. <laughs> it's got a, and there's some good scenes. There's some terrible overdubbing on this. There's some real. Terrible sort of jingoistic American type <laughs> thing. Just, just a little bit. Just a little bit. I think it's a perfect uh, film to kick off in the morning. It's, it's another one of these ones that ticks a lot of the boxes. You get in 
crying montage, the split bum cheeks. <laughs> you get you, know, you get everything. I think there's I've got a feeling there's probably a slight softcore sex scene which usually happens in a Van Damme film. Yeah. Um, well, if, if he's had anything to do with the writing of it, yes. <laughs> That's what you would kick off with. Then I would go into Cyborg, which is a very interesting film, which I re-watched recently. I watched it quite a lot in the 90s. Then because it's very confusing because I remember like the, you saw the poster it was called Cyborg and you automatically assume no it's Van Damme who's the cyborg you know he's he's playing a robot he's doing this and that have you seen the film I have I have uh, I know uh, you, you've probably done your research on this as well uh, it is a canon film and it's made up of the remnants of the pre-production work they did for Masters of the Universe Part Two like a sequel to mm-hmm. their that their failed. Masters of the Universe, which we discussed in our yeah. episode. Yeah. And they do also had the rights for Spider-Man at yeah. the same time. And they'd done pre-production work on both of those. Lost the licences, but because they'd already spent $2 million building sets and costumes and things like that, it, it was like, you know, we, we can't really afford to waste that much money. So this guy called Albert Pyne wrote, came in, wrote the film in like a day, shot the whole thing in like 20 days... And it, and it was out shortly after that? It was the last film release, theatrical release by Canon. Was it? Yeah. You can tell that this film <laughs> was written in a few <laughs> a day and shot into this is cheap. It's fun Van Damme. It's it's Van it's Van Damme walking around on a super, super clear set. I mean, this is shot in about three corridors. <laughs> it's uh, and and they it's one of these films where they use the no, like there's a, there's a scene of where they're on the boat and they use that shot about four or five times during the film. They just use the same shot because they're just like... <laughs> um, I, I haven't seen it. There's even actually a director's cut of this film which is extended, which I've never I've never I, tracked down. I, I have found out how to track it, how to, how to get it. I think you, you buy it directly from uh, Albert Pyne's website or Pyne, I don't know how you pronounce yeah. his name. Sorry, if I've, if I've mispronounced his name, I'm sorry. Uh, I, yeah, don't, I don't think he's listening. <laughs> but I, yeah, I, I would be interested to see because because obviously Canon Films just took his film. It was like, well, we need this to be eighty five minutes long, so they just hacked it to pieces. And so this, the, the that director's cut is his original vision. It's what he wanted to put out. Because Cyborg's a bit of a mess. But like you say, it's got a lot. It, it it's got a lot of charm. It's got a lot of it has, and it's just, it, and it's it's post-apocalyptic. So there's that sort of. There was quite a lot of uh, films around that era which dealt with that. You know, from the eighties, you got your Mad Maxes and your Steel Dogs. I like films like Steel. I love the sort of the that can't hold costume and the people who are roaming around in yeah. the new world. And it, it's got that sort of charm. It, I think the reason I'm, I'm I'm sort of sandwiching it in between a lot of these things is because hopefully if you're on this weekend you'll have kind of you've seen some different levels of Van Damme's like the productions of the films and so you'll just you'll be in it for the charm and you'll you watch it there's a there's a great bad guy who's got with these like these blue contact lenses and he takes his glasses off and he fight and there's some amazing and I mean amazing um well, it's not CGI. It's just it's just like model work. When the cyborg takes takes her wig off, and you see her face, it's I'd just say 
Rye Harryhausen would have done a much better job than Stop Martian. <laughs> it's it makes it makes Jason and the Argonauts look like Jurassic Park. It's just it's, oh, it's unfair. Jason and the Argonauts has got so much charm. Yeah, class. it is brilliant. But but you know what I mean. It's it's worth it. The whole the whole scene is worth it. It's just for that for about ten seconds of just pure <laughs> hilarity. It's amazing. Um, so you know, and that's a. Uh, there's not you don't get the um all the actually I don't think you get the buns in that one you know the full the full damage on the buns there but you do get a Van Damme crying and you do get you do get breasts and you get a full splits in fact it's very creative splits in this one there's a superb scene where he's fighting a guy in an alleyway and he's doing the splits like by being high above him the guy's walking he's doing the splits on the two walls ah. above him and it's like he walks underneath and so, so it was, it's a very creative way to use Van Damme's flexibility I thought I may have to it's been a long time since I've watched that I may have to uh, you have to, have to revisit yeah it's, yeah it's not available on Netflix or anything at the moment but uh, it's, it's on it's on Sky I think it's on Sky, Sky yeah it's on Sky it's it's not hard to get hold of. I'm sure it's it's, so, it's the sort of film you could probably find at CEX or something, isn't it? So it's definitely worth a track down. And so to finish off Saturday, we've watched these sort of two lower budget films with their own charms. So I thought, why not finish it off with probably probably biggest Hollywood production, which is Hard Target, directed by John, John Woo. Woo. And then, I know that you've seen this. <laughs> I've I've seen this. Quite a few times, yes. Hard Target is. Uh, I have a weird relationship with Hard Target because I was a fan of John Woo's earlier film, so I'd, I'd seen, uh, I'd seen A Better Tomorrow and The Killer and Hard Boiled, and then he goes to make Hard Target, and it is, it is kind of a watered down version of what he does in mm. the Hong Kong movies, and that might be because the sort of the, the regulations around stunt work is. Uh, a little bit, a little bit more relaxed in China, so he can kind of do more crazy stuff. Yeah, but I think it's really solid. It shows that, that John Woo is actually a good director, and he doesn't just have to rely on that spectacle because you've got uh, you've got some nicely drawn characters. Lance Henriksen is is fantastic as uh, as as the bad guy who just wants to hunt people. This is the pinnacle, I think, of Van Damme commercially. I think this was. I haven't checked the figures, but this has got to probably be one of his biggest grossing films, wasn't it? Because this was... I would imagine so, yes. Uh, it's got a really good supporting cast with faces, you know, like Arnold Vosloo and... Right, he was who played the mummy in the yeah. Brendan Fraser yeah, just, films. It's just... And the, the story... So it's, it's a really good Saturday night film, that's why I picked it for this. I think it's a... It's, it actually doesn't outstage welcome... You know, it's one hour thirty-seven minutes long. It's it's a good storyline of people being hunted down. We you know it's, they're hunting homeless people, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, but they didn't. They didn't. Uh, didn't count on the fact that, that this guy that they've picked is like a, an, an ex black ops, whatever mm. he is. I can't remember what what is he again. Is is some? I can't remember. Do they tie in the fact that he's foreign or something like that as well? That he's Canadian or that his accent? I can't remember if they make him. He's from New Orleans. He's sort of Creole. Oh yeah, that's it. That's, yes, yes. That's I, it. I love the way they justify his accent in. In, in some of these things if, if you notice with Arnie they they never address no. it it's just that's how he talks but with Van Damme films it, it feels like they always try to sort of justify the, the reason he speaks with, uh, with a, well 
It's not a French accent, it's a Belgian accent, really, yeah. I suppose. But. <laughs> so I just think it's a... After you've sort of seen the sort of lower budget things to see, it's nice to see Van Damme in what you would call a proper film. <laughs> yes. Sort of oh, God, yeah. And he sports an amazing mullet. It's, uh, it's the king of mullets, isn't it? This, I, I think it's probably... Given that I think that the mullet is, uh, it is a fashion crime that should be punishable by by being shaved. He wears that mullet really well. Yeah, and it's it's so kind of early nineties. I mean, it's mullet. It's basically he's like a, a psychopathic Billy Ray Cyrus, isn't he? Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> it's, you know, he's got the denim. He's got the mullet. He's got the cowboy boots. It's uh, <laughs> he just hasn't got an achy breaky heart. <laughs> I'm sorry, that was terrible. Um, it made me laugh. Uh, so that's Saturday in the Van Damme. We, you know, we're kicking off with Kickboxer. Then we go into Cyborg, and then we go into Hard Target. So I think that's that's a nice balanced that's, Saturday. That's that's a that's a good day's worth yeah. of. Film watching, yeah. So you you know you get up on the Sunday, and now you're gonna. I'm gonna say these first two films. You might think they're of a lesser quality than some of the other films I've mentioned, but my justification is Sunday. You've had Friday night. You've been drinking Saturday night. You've been drinking so Sunday. You're a little bit groggy, so you want something that's just easy to watch. That you're probably going to be drifting in and out on the mm. settee watching. So I thought we kick off with Street Fighter. Because it's such a terrible film, but it's, it is watchable in a comical way if you're a little bit hungover, isn't it? See, I, I was I was going to ask the question: Would you be drinking through this? And you you you've answered that because I, I think it would be unfair not to not to yeah. drink through it because by the time you get to the end, Street Fighter, you know. Oh, we know your thoughts on Street. Well, we know yeah. our thoughts on Street Fighter. I mean, just feel feel free to check out our episode Street Fighter versus Mortal Kombat. <laughs> it is a terrible film. But I can see what you mean about it being like if it's you've got a, a hangover. It's, it is it's, good hangover fodder. It's definitely a film that you can watch with yeah, a hangover. And you just don't go, need to concentrate on it no. at all because it's got a plot that doesn't make any sense. The, yeah, it, you could actually, fall asleep for twenty minutes in this film, wake up, and it wouldn't really make any difference no, to the film. No, it wouldn't at all. Or, or you might not know what's going on anyway, but it wouldn't actually ruin your enjoyment because. The film has... It probably has about three or four really great moments that aren't intentionally great. They're just either comically great or terribly great. Yes. Um, and so it, I, I think that would be a good film to wake up and be sort of think, yeah, you know, we'll, we'll kick off with that. You know, I haven't quite got into it yet. I, I drank too much JD last night. It's uh, And so um, I need something a bit easy. So I, that's what I'm, that's my vote anyway for Street Fighter 2 to mm-hmm. kick off with. After that, we go into something that's equally probably terrible, but it's still, you know, you're still working your way into the day, and that's 1998's knockoff. Because <laughs> you've got Jean Claude Van Damme playing a fashion designer, <laughs> teaming up with Rob Schneider, who's an FBI agent, yeah, or CEO, or some sort of government agent. Yeah. It's, it's a truly. I don't even know if he's got a cinema. He probably got a cinema. He did. Oh, this this is a this is a proper proper cinema film. This was. I, I it was written it by out. Stephen E. D'Souza, who wrote Street Fighter as well, and wrote Die Hard amongst yeah. other things, and as well, Commando. So I mean, the, he had he got some serious pedigree. It's this is a a very. It's got Paul Savino in it. It's just it's the <laughs> casting. It's another one of these ones that's littered with faces that you 
that you will know. It's it's ironic that it's directed by Chewy Hark, who's a, a very famous Hong Kong director. Did the Once Upon a Time in China series, which uh, I know is a favourite of, of our man in Japan. He also did Twin Dragons with Jackie Chan. He also did Double Team, which is... Uh, which Dennis is Rodman. I, I'm, I thought you were going to pick that instead of it was, it was a It was a close call, I must admit. It was, um, I was almost going to do a whole evening, you know, a thematic one of Chris Van Damme in buddy movies because he's done a few <laughs> where like, he's got like, somebody on his side. So I, I was, you know, I'll let you, we, we'll, we'll talk about that one when we, you know, we can get to it as well. With, um, but uh, I think this is... This is another. I think we talked about this before, didn't we? Um, on uh, sorry, on the double impact one about those films around the time of the Hong Kong because this is all. This is sort of set. It's nineteen ninety seven, so it's before the the Chinese. You know, the, the British give Hong Kong back to China. It, there's there's a caption at the start of the film. You can tell this is one of the ones that I've watched recently. Yeah. I think there's a caption at the start of the film that says it's like seventy two hours before the yeah. handover, and that's the so it puts a time frame yeah. on it. And it's it's a very light nineties film as well with the kind yes. of the action sort of comedy. You know, I mean, this is kind of post rock, post you know Con Air type thing. You know, this is there's a there's a certain feel to these light nineties action films that I I really enjoy and I'll I'll, I'll always watch. <laughs> so that's why I, I I threw this one in. I think it's probably because I, I'm more familiar with this one than I am with Double Team. Yeah, Not, yeah, Double Team. It's that's one of the ones probably. I, I've probably only seen one section. Yeah. Have you seen it more? Have you seen it a lot? I've, I think I've probably watched Double Team. I think I watched it a couple of years ago. Uh, Double Team is not an easy film to watch because you've got Dennis Rodman, who, let, let's let's just say there's a reason he's famous for being a basketball star and not an actor or for anything else. Mm. <laughs> uh, and it's one of the first films with Mickey Rourke I think just after he'd started to get plastic surgery done and when he started to, to look a bit a bit weird yeah. a bit before he just owned it before just owning that and knockoffs a much easier film to watch it's a, it's a little bit goofy which which I kind of like it, yeah. it, it has a certain charm and I think it's probably the only film Rob Schneider's ever made when he doesn't do anything like racist at all <laughs> which is surprising yeah it's uh but it's a very of its time film, I and mean, I think it's a it's a good one to watch. You know, with a, with a lazy sort of Sunday afternoon when you'd be watching this film if you were committing to the weekend. Yeah, definitely. And, yeah, and so we, you know, to to finish off the weekend, I think in a slightly biased thing, I probably come to probably one of my favourite Van Damme films, which we probably won't have to talk about very much because we talked about it a lot before. Which I think is Time Cop. I think you should throw that in at the end of the things like that. That is probably one of my most watched, apart from like this of the early ones. I yeah. I love Time Cop. It's Peter Hyams. It's Van Damme. It's time travel. I'm a sucker for time travel films, <laughs> even though the time travel has a lot of problems. In yes. It. See our podcast on Time Cop, and we'll go into further details on that. But regardless of any of those issues, it's got Ron Silver. It's got Jean Claude Van Damme. It's got Mia Sara from Legend of yeah. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. It's it's a it's a really you know if you watch it and forget about all the you know the space time continuum and all that sort of thing and just watch it as an enjoyable film. It's a it's a you know it's a high budget, entertaining little sci fi action flick. 
I would say it's probably the most mainstream film he ever did. Yeah, definitely because it's it's not just about martial arts, and in fact, that's almost secondary. There's, yeah, there's not. There's a few fight scenes, in, but they don't make a massive deal. No, I, th- I think it might. I think it was his attempt to try and be more than just an action movie star. Yeah. The show's got a little bit of depth, which and he what and he, you, you watch some of these later ones, you can tell. I mean, he's not Olivier, but he's he's worked on his chops and he's got uh, you know some much much more of a range, hasn't he? Than uh, yeah. And some of the kind of crazy eye crying sort of six form acting that you see in the uh, <laughs> in the earlier productions, um, but yeah. So we won't talk about Tarkov a lot because we've we've talked about it for a couple of hours on another podcast. Yeah, so so feel, feel free to feel free to. Out, I'm so sure Ben will put some links in somewhere to yeah. some previous podcasts on there. Yeah, so you can hear me, Foz, and our man in Japan so yeah. discussing that one. So I think that's a good a good weekend. So you start with sudden death. Then you go kickboxer, cyborg, hard target. And then you go street fighter, knock off, and then time cops. So I think that gives you. That's that's. I think of uh, as as a list of Van Damme films for entertainment purposes. That's mm. that's that's a solid list. Yeah, I think that's. Uh, th- there's a nice variety of uh, of low budget and sort of yeah. normal decent budget. I don't think he ever made like a real like high budget film, but what you'd call like a normal. Decent. Maybe the Expendables is actually probably the highest, the biggest budget film there's ever been. You know, Expendables too, yeah. 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 Which we're I, not, we're not. Gonna, I don't reclass really that as Van. You know, I find that for personally, I don't reclass really that as a Van Damme film because he's just. And also, it's the worst of the trilogy. Yeah, well, which is which is a shame. But uh, I think that's a good list. I'm not surprised, but I, I, I wish there was a place for JCVD in this list somewhere. It, it doesn't fit into the theme of what you're doing, and I, and I understand yeah. why you why it's not in there. But it's the film that shows that that Van Damme is can actually act, and that unlike some like some other action stars from the eighties and nineties, mm. it shows that he's well aware of how he's perceived as a person uh, and as a celebrity. And how he, and he plays up to that and and does a fantastic job. I, I think it's it's well worth watching. Yeah, well, I I actually have got that on my ultimate list because I from my reasoning was that 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 should be one of the last films that you watch because to really you know, appreciate JCVD, if you've got a good if you watch a good amount of his films, you kind of get more of the self referential. I think you get more out of it, don't you? I can see that. That is a very, very solid, solid argument. Yes, yeah, it's similar with like with the JCVJ and the television series. And I think you have to to get what you know. You can still enjoy the series if you haven't seen some of the, the films, yeah. but you get more out. The more you've seen, you get more out of it. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I agree with that. There's one, there's one thing that you haven't mentioned. And that's Jean-Claude Van Damme behind closed doors. <laughs> which I know you're a huge fan of. Yeah, I haven't mentioned it, no. I, I thought we'd go with films. I, I suppose that's another one of these things that the that you'll find after watching his films. You need to see the films. You need to kind of be a Jean-Claude Van Damme fan to watch that programme because if, you, if you're not a Jean-Claude Van Damme fan, you're just finding it irritating. You know, he cries... 
He cries at anything. <laughs> he gets emotional at <laughs> everything. He carries his dog everywhere. Carries his dog everywhere. He's kind of very, you know, he's into family. He's, he, he wants to sort of save the world and the environment by making films and very, you know, he's, he seems like a nice guy. It's, it's it's very super scripted. I mean, it should actually be classed as a television series because it's super scripted, really. I, I don't know how much of it. It's about as real as the two Corys or something like that. Um, no, I just want to stick to the films, I think. As far as we've kind of Jean-Claude Van Damme, we should have included everything. But he, he's done so much. And, I mean, we've, we've missed quite a few films out of the list that could have been in there. There's a couple of other ones in his early... Maybe honourable mention to things like Death Warrant, which is like a prison movie, and The Order. I don't know if you've seen that, which has got it's Jean Claude Van Damme and Charlton Heston. Oh, <laughs> it's kind of Jean Claude Van Damme <laughs> doing like an Indiana Jones type thing. He's you know doing like archaeology, and of course you mentioned about sort of double team as well. So all these choices are purely, you know, from you know a personal point of view. I think they give you a good. A good introduction to Jean-Claude Van Damme. I mean, I'd be very surprised if any of our listeners... JCBG religion. Yeah, it's... And... Not if they're keeping up with the podcast, they would, they, would the have, podcast. they would have at least watched Time Cop and the pilot episode of JCBJ. And they would have watched Double Impact last week. Double and Impact, Street Fighter. Street Fighter. So, yeah, you, you yeah. hopefully... If you are, you know, interested in doing this, I'd, I'd you know, take my advice and do a JCVD night, you know, and if you feeling you know like you've got some more time go for it. I know it's hard in this day to commit to a weekend of one single actor <laughs> I know it's uh, and it's and not only for yourself if, you, if you've got enough friends you can drag into it um, but if you do decide to do it why don't you let us know about it make sure you know tweet us some pictures that you do like, like your JCBD notes yeah. I'd be very happy to see and, and, and if there's any films that you that you think we should have mentioned that we should have included that any if there's any of these kind of late period East European ones that we should take a look at there might be some hidden gems there yeah, yeah. That we... get in touch and let us know because we're on Twitter at BFGC podcast email bfgccast at gmail.com or on facebook.com slash groups slash BFGC podcast you know time permitted hopefully next June we'll do a real Jean-Claude Van Damme and, yes. puts, and, and really go into some of these films. Uh, and I think we we will have to include one of these kind of late period yeah. films, something like maybe, I'm just looking I'm just looking at names on IMDb now, so films like Six Bullets, mm. Enemies Closer, Pound of Flesh. I mean, we could, I mean, if we wanted to do that, maybe we could do our JCV December and, and throw some of those in later on in the year. We'll, we'll see what happens when we get into it. We've, we've covered a couple of uh, Van Damme films uh, uh, previously, and if you haven't listened to them, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher FM, TuneIn Radio, and wherever you can find good podcasts. And uh, whilst you're there looking on iTunes, give us a rating and a review. Yeah. And if you haven't watched those old episodes, cancel everything you were about to do after listening to this podcast and listen to them. So you can at least do... Uh, so if... You could at least do a, a triple bill with the three films we've covered already, which is Street Fighter, Time Cop, and uh, Double Impact. Yeah, I think, and I think that will be okay as well. That's a pretty good, pretty good. Yeah, list. and you've got those guiding you along with it as well, so why not? That's right. I, th- I think I'm about 
Van Damme Dijk. Yes, I'm Van Damme Dijk completely. Uh, so uh, until next time, my name's Ben. And I'm Foz. We'll catch you on the next Bad Films in Good Company. See you later. Yeah.